listener production. Australia Today's Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Wednesday, the 26th of October. Labor's first federal budget was handed down overnight with Treasurer Jim Chalmers outlining the five pillars the government will use to help tackle the rising cost of living. Cheaper childcare and more paid parental leave. Better access to healthcare, cheaper medicines and a better standard of aged care. Fee-free TAFE and more university places. Cheaper and cleaner energy more affordable housing and a future made in Australia. The government is also promising to build a million new homes over five years and slash the prices of some medicines on the PBS. But Shadow Treasurer Angus Taylor says the government needs to do more to tackle the rising cost of living, coupled with stagnant wage growth and skyrocketing energy bills. Labor's not going to deliver on electricity price reductions. In fact, the budget documents tell us electricity prices will go up 50% in the next two years. Labor's not going to deliver on its promise of improvement in real wages. In fact, real wages will go backwards in this election cycle. And for his thoughts and analysis on last night's budget, we're joined this morning by Scott Phillips from The Motley Fool. Scott, good morning. So how did Labor go with their first budget? Good morning. Yes, look, one of the best days of the year for us economics nerds, of course. But uh, look, this was what I've called a nip and tuck budget. It was a budget that delivered on most, if not all, of the government's pre-election promises. So they got that out of the way. Hard to believe they didn't also just duck some of the bigger questions, though. Not much change. Good news, they didn't do too much that would otherwise stoke inflation. So that's a positive. Uh, But given the budgets tend to be these big sweeping statements and plans of what the governments are planning to do and all that kind of thing, Almost notable by their absence were the big spending programs. If you contrast that to some of Josh Frydenberg's budgets with lists and lists and lists of what's being spent on this and that and the other, uh, those things were really missing. This was a, a narrative budget, lots of talk about the what's and the why's, not much about what's actually being done or how much is being spent. Concerningly, though, with inflation and the ongoing pressure with uh, higher interest rates, there's been a lot of criticism with those predictions of how much our cost of electricity and gas is set to soar. Yeah, power going up by as much as 50% in two years, Tash, and that's on top of what's already been a massive, massive increase. Uh, we know this is the challenge facing many Australians. We know it brought down a UK government. The the energy price guarantee, the price cap, was part of what caused the problem for, uh, for, for the UK, of course, and this is the real challenge. The government has to work out what it can do, what it wants to do, but also what it can afford to do. Those power prices specifically are going to be some of the big inputs when it comes to inflation, and that's exactly what Treasury is trying to avoid. Uh, Big forecasts too on the uh, expected fall of the inflation rate over the next couple of years. Wages are supposed to go positive in real terms, that is after inflation, but only in two years' time. So some really big challenges facing the economy. And of course, the number that was leaked over the weekend, the economy is expected to grow at 1.5% in the next 12 months. That's down from 2.5% in the May update. Good news for many pensioners for the cost of medicines and also childcare and uh, uh, paternity payments and maternity leave, parental leave. So who were the big winners and losers? Yeah, you've done a nice job there, Tusk. They were the really the, the big winners. So thinking about people who are, are getting cheaper medicines, people who are going to get extra paid paternal leave, that upset 
sorry, parental leave. Let me spit that out better. Uh, that was important. That was positive. Also, some early promises about affordable housing for those trying to get into the housing market. Only small details, working with governments, working with states, working with industry, uh, but some positive movements there as well. Um, aged care as well, super important. So they're probably the, the very few, but we're meaningful winners out of this particular budget. And Scott, we all know how important it is to keep a very close eye on inflation at the moment and key data is out today. Yeah, that was the big thing about the budget. They announced an annual budget the day before. We know what the inflation numbers are going to look like. Uh, we're expecting a, a tough set of inflation numbers. No surprise there, Tash. Last quarter, 6.1%. Um, consensus estimates are for 7 percent uh, for the quarter just finished. That's the September quarter. So uh, it, unfortunately, look, we all know prices continue to go up. That's not surprising for anybody. Unfortunately, the official numbers will probably suggest they're going higher. There is some hope that maybe it won't be quite that bad. There is some hope that maybe the rate of growth will slow, but we all know we've been paying higher prices. Unfortunately, today's numbers likely to confirm that and also suggest there's more pain to come. It's a bumpy right ahead, especially in the next two years. Scott, thanks so much. It sure is. Thanks, Tash. In other news this Wednesday morning, Australia's Privacy Commissioner has been given extra funding to investigate the major data breach at Optus. The telecommunications giant sent another letter out to customers last night, again apologising for the hack and saying it's, quote, not aware of any harm coming to any customer, but has reminded customers to stay vigilant. It comes after Medibank yesterday revealed the cyber attack on its database is more serious than initially thought, with customers' information from its main brand also compromised, as well as those from AHM and Student International. The company has announced a support package for those affected with 24-7 mental health support and access to identity protection services. The jury in Bruce Lerman's sexual assault trial will resume deliberations later this morning. It comes after the 12 jurors told the judge they had been unable to reach a verdict yesterday. Our reporter, Michaela Savage, has the details. Yeah, that's right, Tash. After about four full days of deliberations, the jury just couldn't come to a unanimous agreement. Bruce Lerman has pleaded not guilty to sexually assaulting former Liberal staffer Brittany Higgins at Parliament House in 2019. In order to return a guilty verdict, the jury of four men and eight women needs to find him guilty beyond reasonable doubt. Unable to decide one way or the other, they were told by the judge to relax, even hit the gym or walk the dog to take a break from the arduous task. Chief Justice Lucy McCallum again reiterating there is no no rush or time limit, saying judges are usually reluctant to discharge a jury because experience has shown that juries can often agree if given more time to. Overseas now and Rishi Sunak has officially been appointed as the new British Prime Minister after meeting with King Charles overnight. Mr Sunak becoming the third Prime Minister in less than two months after Liz Truss resigned last week. He also paid tribute to his predecessor on the BBC. She was not wrong to want to improve growth in this country. It is a noble aim. And I admired her restlessness to create change. But some mistakes were made. Back home now and in WA, where the state government has a fight on its hands as more public sector workers demand a pay rise above the current offer of 3% annual increase and a one-off payment. Our reporter Adam Hemmings has more from Perth. 
Tash nurses walked off the job a couple of weeks ago and another huge rally is planned for later today, this time involving staff from the Departments of Communities, Transport, Education and Justice. It'll end with a massive rally in the Perth CBD, while nurses will be starting the second stage of their campaign this afternoon. They'll no longer work overtime, which is in addition to not working double shifts. Elsewhere, police have started bans and prison officers will be launching their action later this week. The state government and all of this says it's sticking to its initial offer, which it says is generous. And concerning new figures show Victorian high school students have missed six weeks of class time on average in just the past year. Our reporter James Lake in Melbourne says the new data comes as Year 12 exams get underway across the state today. The proof is in the pudding, Tash. We'll soon see with the VCE results of our 42,000 Year 12 students what impact that absenteeism has had. The end of school exams get underway across Victoria, starting with the three-hour English exam today. The performance of students in 107 different subjects will be measured with written tests, with English, further maths and psychology, the most popular lessons taken this year. On everyone's mind, though, is the weeks of flooding we've had in parts of Victoria, which did force hundreds of schools to close and thousands of of students to pitch in to help protect their towns and homes. The state government has said while exams are still going ahead, affected students will be able to access derived examination scores so the end of school results are not impacted by the hardship. for sport now with Brett Thomas and Brett a record breaking knock kept Australia's World Cup defence title alive last night in Perth. Yes uh, good morning to you Tash. There were plenty of calls for Steve Smith to be the steady head that uh, the batting lineup needed after that horrible loss to New Zealand in the opening game but last night it was the power hitting of Marcus Stoinis that dragged the Aussies across the line against Sri Lanka he came in when we were in a bit of trouble at 3 for 89 chasing just 158 to win and he smashed the fastest half century by an Australian in the format, taking just 17 balls to raise the bat in a stunning knock. The intention was to just go put an impact on the game and probably provide a bit of energy for the boys and try and get a spark going. There was drama before the first ball with spinner Adam Zampa replaced by Ashton Agar due to COVID. The Aussies are back in action on Friday night against England at the MCG. And Brett, to the AFL and the Brisbane Lions have cleared their coach to return to duty despite the ongoing Hawks racism investigation while Alastair Clarkson is preparing to start work at North Melbourne next week. Yeah, Chris Fagan will be back on deck at the Lions today. Overnight, the Brisbane board approved his return. He took a leave of absence following those uh, racism allegations during his time at Hawthorne, which he continues to deny. While uh, Alastair Clarkson, as you mentioned, is hoping to start coaching at North Melbourne next Wednesday. He spoke to Nine and says that he, Fagan, and Jason Burt, who was also working at the club, will fully cooperate with the AFL's investigation. Fagan, myself and Jason have been through a tough time over the last four weeks and yeah, just pleased that um, yeah, they've been able to identify a platform with which we can reveal some of the truths behind this and uh, then we'll get on with it. And the AFL hopes the investigation will be wrapped up by December. And to the NRL now, Bretna Sharks Premiership star has made the very tough decision to retire after confronting meeting with club doctors. 
Yeah, he's been told he needs seven separate operations to fix the damage of a long rugby league career. He's widely considered the Sharks' best prop of all time. He was the hero of their 2016 Premiership win. He's facing shoulder and nose reconstructions along with knee, uh, ankle, elbow and dental surgeries. Triple M's Wendell Saylor says there's no way that Fafita could have kept playing. Yeah, he certainly went to battle when he uh, when he played football, uh, Andrew Fafita. You know, it's a price that comes with it and it's the right decision for him and right decision for any other club. And our thoughts are with uh, Billy Dibb this morning. The former Aussie uh, boxing champion has revealed via social media that he has cancer. He uh, complained of intense stomach pain last week and unfortunately scans have revealed a tumour. Well, that's sad. We wish him all the very best. Thanks so much, Brett. Thank you, Tash. And Adidas has sensationally dropped rapper Kanye West, also known as Ye, after his recent anti-Semitic comments. The clothing giant says it does not tolerate anti-Semitism and any other sort of hate speech. Ye has sparked international condemnation after posting offensive messages to Twitter and also making controversial comments over George Floyd's death. But the rapper recently bragged on a podcast in the US that he would never be dropped by Adidas regardless of what he said. The thing about it, me and Adidas, is like, I could literally say anti-Semitic and they can't drop me. I could say anti-Semitic things and Adidas can't drop me. Ye's Yeezy collaboration with Adidas is one of the brand's most successful and cutting the deal is estimated to cost the company hundreds of millions of dollars. And that's all you need to know to start your day with Australia Today's Morning Agenda in your podcast feed from 7am every weekday morning. You can also catch the latest episode and a whole new world of audio by downloading the Listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day and we'll see you tomorrow. Listener.